We began last week, Pesel Michal. Let's go back to the first Pesach because I want to show you the Radak and the other side of the dating of the entire Parsha and Pelagish Begiven. It's important, as I mentioned, there are two different Mahalchim. We're not going to go back and forth every single Pesach, but at least we want to show you the Radak, which is the other side of the story as opposed to Rashi and their many mefarshim on each side. So, Perik Yedzayin Pasuk Aleph, Ayish Meher Ephraim Eshemoy Mi Chayo. And he starts off with the Shem Hashem. And his name also has Shemoy Mi which is the symbol of somebody who's not a Russia. Obviously, the Madrashim, which we're going to see in the next few weeks, try to explain if there's one man who's picked as a Russia Lederis, it's Micha, as in Pesel Micha. Why was that? Pasigalov. Perak, Yudzayim, Pasigalov. So he started off better than he ended off, let's put it that way for the short soundbite for now. And uh, the Gemara is going to talk about the fact that he had a tremendous, tremendous Mida of Achnas Asarchim. I'm just putting this out now, we're not going to get to this for a couple of weeks. But the Gemara doesn't exactly say Beferish. There are many Gemaras in Chelek that need to be learned up well. And a lot of them have to do with our Rabbi Sheer, as we've seen, last number of years. So here it says that the Malachim were uh, raising uh, a storm in Shamayim because the man was a Chetia Machtis Harabim and he was right near Mishkan Shiloi and the Ashan from his altar was mixing with the Ashan the Mizbeach. Notice how I use an English word for one of them. That makes it more treif. I suppose, at least to be mechalic in our mind. And it was such a kitru because of where it was originally situated. And the Malachim wanted to de- destroy him, meaning Midas Adin. Kosh said, we can't do that because he's Machnes Eirich. And therefore, that's the whole Gemara, which we'll yet see inside, Mr. Shem. And therefore, so he does get him hab, it doesn't get him hab. So Yad Ramah over there is going to learn no, he lost his Olam Haba and he would have been in the Mishnah Chelik that's why this is in Chelik he's not on the official list but the official list is not a finite list by far, unfortunately and he didn't make it a list because he had this Midah and that's why it even puts his original name Ushemoy Michayo because he had that schus. that and a token got him on the train to Olam Haba we're not sure the Gemara sounds like, well, the Adramat certainly says, no, it didn't, but it temporarily pushed off the Midas Adin. That's not the end of the story, and that story, which we're not getting to now, will take us into pretty complicated hashkafas, but the good news is, for now, that the Chesed and the Hachnas was a tremendous chus. Now, I'm not inferring that Ochnas Zochem today is not. It's also gewaldic and very important. Sometimes vitally necessary. Sometimes it's more like which is also a tremendous Indian we say every morning. Ochnas Zochem is when somebody has nothing to eat and no roof over his head. If he has both and you want to invite him because he's your friend and you're continuing a friendship or make a friendship, make a kesher, okay, there's roof for that. If it's done properly, it's the stick way and uh, other issues that could be associated with that, but assuming it's appropriate, so that is a different Indian, very wonderful Indian. Avo Shalom, 
Belam Lachaverum, Achtus Lachavershav. That's not necessarily Achnesas Archem. If you take somebody out of his beautiful house and his fridge is stocked, and you invite him to your beautiful house and his fridge is stocked and your fridge is stocked, you didn't give him food he wouldn't have had. That's not taking away, it's just a different category. I'm mentioning that because at the time of Micha, picture it's Yisrael, no rest stops. They even have Starbucks on the way if you wanted to. So you walked, what? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, they had what they, but we can't picture such a scene, right? You're walking and you're hungry. Volcano, you're hungry. So you have supplies. Either they did make it, they didn't make it. You didn't have enough money for supplies in the first place. They rotted. You're getting out of ship. I once found out the size of the Nina Pinta and Santa Maria. Those names don't sound familiar. That's fine. We don't give them continuing credits for history here either. But uh, those are three ships that uh, supposedly um, brought Columbus and his Hever to the New World. They were very small. So either people were very short then. They're very short of money, even though King Ferdinand Yamachamoy and his uh, Hevra weren't short of money because they stole everybody else's. But when they financed it, they financed it. Uh, go discover a new route to the uh, West Indies and bring us back some gold. So they didn't exactly get to where they're supposed to go. They brought back some gold, sort of. They really didn't, but then they started bringing back coffee uh, to uh, make sure they felt like they got something out of the trip. But they really packed it in. So um, the juries that's having a fascinating thing were, were they that short? I have nothing against short people. I have uh, nothing against tall people either. But sounds like it was very uncomfortable. And where'd they put all the supplies? It's a long trip. And it says they put supplies. And sometimes they made it. Sometimes they didn't because they didn't have any wind and the ship got stuck. And they ran out of supplies. They're just there for weeks and months and... I was once telling this to my uh, children to give them an idea. You need this for, for Navi, you need this for Akarasatayv, you need this for... Realize what we have. So they said, why don't they just go back to the regular diesel? It's nice to save money and have a clipper ship. So, so I told them there were no diesel gas stations then, only regular unleaded. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, you know, you had very little supplies. So most of it was rancid and uh, rodent-infested uh, halfway or a quarter of the way or before you start the trip. Just to get an idea. So you say, why, what they need Micha for? It's important for the backdrop over here. Why would anybody step in? Most people were from, and the Shmuel got out that this is a bad place, there's a bad guy, and there's funny stuff going on there. Why would anybody stop in? And it's clear, not only did some people stop in, everybody stopped in. We'll have a Lushan and Rishanim, that the whole Elam. Rashi's going to say that. Thing. Everybody stopped in. Why is that? Just, we have to get some few weeks understanding how this can happen and how they let it go on. The answer is most people were upright citizens from people. They didn't really care for this. Naturally, Yitzhah, Fravodazara then, but they weren't really into this. But you know what? A free meal is a free meal. There aren't any rest stops. Howard Johnson's wasn't even invented, now it's gone. And all the things in between. And Zemashiyesh, so we're going to get a cold drink. We get some bread. I don't know if the drink was cold, but they had bread. So they stopped in. Per our conversations yesterday, 
which are not recorded, but well, they'll fill you in. It's guilt by association, and if you enter into a mokum and there are bad things going on, and you don't say anything, so if you know about it from afar and you don't say anything, you have a problem, which is the backdrop of Pelegesh Begiva versus Pesel Micha. This is, uh, these two maisim are, tell us a lot about Arvis and the Chiyavim and what happens when that doesn't take place. And you can't just go and not say anything and say, thank you very much for the sandwich. You're such a nice guy. Have a good day. But people were very hungry because they couldn't carry supplies, they couldn't afford the supplies, and often the supplies didn't make it based on your friendly neighborhood listim who stole them, your friendly neighborhood rodents who ate them. So travel was very difficult, and that's assuming you didn't get uh, worn out just from traveling on foot and you didn't get held up, and you even had shaykhs to get into your destination. But in between, it was very difficult. So this man was known, and the Gemara says, this did a lot to protect him. Well, that was good for his Eilam Haba. At the end, the Yad Ramah says no. Others say a slightly different story. Doesn't mean it's okay if you're kind and you do a Vodazara, but Shail is what's shot in the Gemara, which we'll say for later. But he was a well-known personality, and that's why what's about to unfold, that people were sort of looking the other way. Enough people were looking the other way. And this went on and on, and it's going to grow and grow, and we're wondering, like, Israel's very good, and they are, and this was an aberration, which it was. So how did this happen? So I'm trying to get you slowly into it, and the key word is slowly, because when you get into something, you say, well, it's only a sandwich. Yeah, the place is known, there are funny things going on. Uh, it's not a Vodazar, it's probably Shushfus. That also sorts of Yeshuvim in their head. You know, he really doesn't mean it, he's not such a bad guy. All sorts of things, and it's a good sandwich. And the guy has pretty strong coffee also, which they didn't invent yet. He couldn't even get a coffee, then, even with Micha. <laughs> Just, uh, people are really going to get uncomfortable, so if you want to go in your time machine, maybe stay here in Muncie in, uh, in this year. It's a lot more comfortable, yeah. It was the only, it was the largest, and sounds like one of the only places you could stop in and be assured a meal, and he was a very nice guy. It doesn't sound like he was charging too much or anything. Yeah, that's a great cure move. Abraham Avinu did that well, and it was Makai of the whole He wasn't, if anything, it's interesting you mentioned that example. It's almost the polar opposite. It's like, yeah, you're here for a sandwich. We don't charge much. If you want to go in the next room while we're preparing your pastrami, there's an interesting getchka there. We got an aphid there also. What's an aphid? Uh, we'll explain, but all sorts of alluring things. And if you need, if you're going on a business trip, which they all were, because nobody traveled for fun, is that we can even give you some futuristic advice on what's going to happen, which is going to take place. And people love that stuff. Okay, it's only a sandwich. I'm out of it. Okay, so it's a horoscope. What's so bad about a horoscope? And the aphid did what the horoscopes did. You're going to have a wonderful day. And they were all sold. That's Mamish Beferish, right? Talking to me. It's good. So people love this. So it worked. So in case you're wondering, like, how does this guy even get a semi-good name with the ACS Hashem Hashem, and then we put Ushmai first, like Tzadikim, he was providing a service that wasn't Benimsa. And that's why I started. Today, if you do this, it's Gavaldik, but 
try to remind people when people serve tikkun for a yard site. Now the main thing is the bracha and a bracha harina. In Europe, with people who were hungry, besides the bracha, it was real chesed. You were feeding poor people. You, you can't taina that really when you're running out of shacharis, you see a piece of ayakech and you jump into a $65,000 car. It's not, doesn't, it doesn't match. Not everybody's driving such an expensive car. Some people say it's a low price. But it's not lack of food. We have food. Okay, maybe you save me some time. I'm going to work. I got something to eat. Very nice. But the main thing is the brocha. So, Hachanas is Archem. You speak about in the Gemara. You're wondering, Makala Rasha says, How good a schus can this give me? How, how, can he, how can he get into a protection mode while he's spreading out Azar? The answer is, it was sorely needed, and most people couldn't afford to do it. I'm not sure where he got the money from, because I'm, I'm raising, as we do at the beginning of each parsha, and this is a big one, like Shimshin. We raise all the kashas for a few weeks, and we try to answer some of them. It doesn't look like he's very wealthy. As a matter of fact, it sounds like his mother's stash had to put just an assessment for tax purposes on most of the IRA. I'd say 1,100 coins. Would that be a good, accurate, uh, pick such a random number? But it doesn't sound like they had a lot of money. It sounds like she was really in bad shape when that was missing. And it sounds like he offered money to the lady that's going to come. He offered him a nice salary. Okay, but he had some intake. People drop by even though they'll pay for the sandwich. But they give a donation. It doesn't sound like he was independently wealthy. So I think that's why Chazala highlighting his chus, that he wasn't naturally that wealthy that he was just giving it away. Why not? He really was into chesed. That was his one myla, and everything else was downhill. Yes? Two things. First of all, maybe he charged for the horoscope, so he, he made money that way. Yeah, so he made, I'm sure they dropped some donations, some of the wealthier businessmen who were passing by. But. And the other thing it, is that, yeah. that you see by the Darafunga, they were not destroyed because of the Aquas. So maybe. Right, the, it's the same Gemara and Chalik and the same problem. It doesn't mean they got anywhere near Olam Haba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part. Yad Rama is saying what you think the Pashup shot is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Darflaga might be, Yad Rama agrees with you. He says on the Gemara that it doesn't mean he got Olam Haba. It just means it temporarily saved him and protected him. And that's the way the Gemara sounds. That, that the Malachim wanted, Misa didn't want to strike him down. Hashem said, no, no, not yet. He's uh, providing a service and a lot of people walk by don't actually do the Avodah Zara or go to the Eifah and they just get a sandwich. So, p- providing a service. That doesn't condone, that doesn't uh, make it right or make it safe, but that was a schuss. But when we see later, I'll show you some of the uh, might be a hybrid shot in the middle. It's uh, complicated. We're not going to get to that yet. Is it a hey in Olamaba? Or a person can also go to Olamaba and sort of get it from someone else's favorite? As long as you end up getting a seat, it doesn't make a difference if the other guy didn't show up. Or, which is the possibility. It doesn't make a difference. So the, sh- the referendum over here is the shaykh that he got anywhere near there. So it's pretty uh, deep, esoteric. Uh, but we're not going to get to it now. The, the Gemara you, you took, uh, maybe we'll even start it, but it's, uh, it's going to take a few weeks to get there. Right now we have to first figure out when he lived. I'm just showing you the backdrop of Shemoy Michayo is a big drasha, and that has to be figured out. But there's some schus here, and for us Americans who have a lot of food, and when we travel... Um, and pick, pick your Cholomite trip. The kids, you're not out of the driveway. The kids want to know two things. Are we there yet? And when are we stopping? 
And Baruch Hashem, there are plenty of places to stop. And if you bring your own food, but it's not going to get rancid and it's in a cooler. They didn't have any of this then, if they can even afford to bring food in the first place. That's why I described the uh, clipper ships and the uh, ships of the uh, Columbus and, and, and company extremely uncomfortable. A lot of people got sick. They had a yellow fever. They had all sorts of... Uh, and they had a lot of rodents on board who weren't even paying a fare. I'm chayshish. They just came on board, just mamish stowaways. But they did a lot of damage. So, here they're walking in Asia Strauss. They're walking in, uh, in sand dunes. So they're going from the negative here. It's very, very difficult. And this was really uh, a service. Pasuk Beis. Ve'yemelimai. Before we go to Pasuk Beis, let me show you the Radak. Because that is key. The Radak is bringing down the Seidah which Rashi brings down, and Rashi agrees with. Rashi says that both Pelegish Begiva and Pesamicha take place at the very beginning of Klai settlement in Eretz Yisrael. Not Mamash at the beginning when Yeshua Benun came, conquered, lived, and ruled, because when he ruled, the Pesach says, everybody did the right thing, and everybody means everybody. The good news is that even at the worst time, Pesel Micha and Pelagish Begiva, most people are doing the right thing. That's why I introduced at the beginning of this year that the people who passed by didn't really, they weren't trying to give a Heksha temple on a Vodazari, just getting a sandwich. And they needed it, but that's not going to help that much. But Rashi says it took place after Yeshua ben Nun, before Esniel ben Kanaz, and there was a vacuum. Nobody's fault. Asnil ben Kanaz was the Rashiva in the Negev. He was going to become the leader. He was going to be tapped for the full leadership position of all Klaisel. And he'll do an unbelievable job and he'll save them from Kushan and he'll fight a battle. But that didn't happen yet. That's how Rashi places it. The Vedak now discusses that based on the Seder Elam and he has kashas on their rayas. I said that, Badafka. He doesn't have kashas on the fact that it could have been then. He thinks it's very unlikely and the rayas that the Seydalim, that Rashi brings down, that proves that it was the beginning, we have a pretty big differential. It's either at the very beginning between Yeshua Benun and Asnil Ben Kamaz, that's 300 years ago, and a year and a half ago here in Munsi, or after Shimshin's Petiris, the last Seyfid, and now we're getting ready for Eliyah Kain and Shmuel Anavi and Shmuel Aleph, the very end of the Shaftim. That's as big a differential as you can possibly have. And the other half of the story, the other possibility is the latter after Shimshon, also a vacuum in leadership. And the Pasuk is going to keep mentioning, and that's why they let this go. And they let this go because nobody really knew what was going on, even though they sort of knew, but they were getting a sandwich and they're on a business trip and they got to go. So nobody really did anything until Pelesh Begiva was going to do a lot. And that, unfortunately, is part of the Kitri. Because the Chazal say they were all up in arms literally for... Basavadam, the cover of Basavadam, rightfully so, is an avla, and there's a human involved. But before that, there was Pesamicha, and there were a lot of humans involved, and there was a lack of Kvesh Shemayim, because there was Avodazar. So that's going to complicate the process. That's why I keep saying them together, because Chazal keep putting them together. So take a look at the Vedak. Kushim was the first uh, villain. And Shaftim, who caused a lot of trouble. Shanamar, Vesimalahem as Pesamicha Shah Asa, Kol Yameha Yesham Bay Selakim. 
Pesach stood for a long time, as long as the Mishkan was in Shiloi. That's a few hundred years. And as he's about to show us, Mishkan Shiloh was built pretty early on and stood for centuries. B'yamav ha'isa palegesh begivam, as well, shanamar riyakam ve'elech ad-neichach yevus hi Yerushalayim. It's the next parak. We didn't get to it, but this pasuk is important. As the fellow reunites with his Pelegesh and they make shalom and he's leaving Ishveh's house and he's walking and it's very late in the day and it's Arab Shabbos and they got to stop somewhere again no rest stops no hotels and the sun's setting and it's Arab Shabbos and the sun's setting on Tuesday is a problem certainly Arab Shabbos so the uh, young man who's with him says look why don't we go right up ahead there's the city of uh, the neighborhood of Yivus Zachilik uh, which is um, one of the neighborhoods of Yushalayim why don't we stop there we have no choice. To which he answered, I'm not stopping there. That's a Gaiyash Shtat. Uh, bad people, dangerous people. We're not stopping there. No. It says, Yivus Yushalayim. So what Kufu was this? The Yushalayim was not in Jewish hands. That's part of the debate over here. So one of the Raya's of the Seda'ilam is this very early on because they didn't conquer it yet. So the Radak says, if that's their Raya, that it happened early on, he doesn't think it's a Jariah. He doesn't have a kasha on the Shita per se, he's a kasha on how they proved it from here. So if you want to say, remember there are two Raya's. One is, it stood all the Yemei of Shiloh. So if that's true, should back it up because Shiloh was built already in the time Yeshua Benun was alive. And he says, that's not the stop at all because Yeshua Benun had a very tight control and everything was going just fine. So it's not Mastaber started then. So once it didn't start then, so you got to push it off anyway. So then you have to say the Pasuk means as long as Mishkan Shiloh continued to stand, which wasn't that much longer if you just pushed it 300 years later, which is a riot to Rashi and the Seydalim. But the Radak is saying it doesn't prove it in the other direction either. And number two, to say that part of Yushalayim was the hands of the Yavusi he's going to deal with in a moment, doesn't necessarily prove that it was early on, because as we know, till Davon Melch, all of Yushalayim was not secured. The Shail is how much was left. So we know there's Mitsudas Siyan, which David finally conquered, and Yoya finally helped him conquer. Where was Yivus? So that's why I said it wasn't the whole city. The doctor says, it was a neighborhood. Part of Yushalayim was in Yiddish hands, and part of it was Yavusian, depending on which approach you would take into Yushalayim. And the sun was setting, and he said, look, right up ahead, there's the Yavusi section. He says, I'm not going there. Yeah, Yavusi quarter, exactly. Nothing much changed. Uh, and this went on for a long time, so that doesn't prove when it is, as he goes on to say. The first point, Shiloh was standing very early. And they put a Mishkan Shiloh. So if you're saying that's the Raya that it had to be early, that should have been even early in the time of Yeshua. And that's very hard to hear. One of the earliest Tukum we had in Shaftim. So this Pesach was not going on at the time of Yeshua. He wouldn't have stood for it and they would have eradicated it. As the Pasuk here is going to say a few times. And Yeshua had a status of a melech, whether full status or not is irrelevant. He was a very strong leader. People listened and they were afraid of him and he wouldn't have allowed it. If you recall, when they finally said goodbye after 14 years of good service, 
And they fulfilled all the Tanai B'nai Gav B'nai Ruvain, and they went back and they said a very solemn and tearful goodbye, and then they're across the Yardin, and they said, you know what? We're all the way across the Yardin, we're going to build a monument to show we're part of Klai Israel. And then a rumor, it was a rumor, it wasn't true, got back to Yoshua Banun and Central Command that they're building Lavraza already, and they just left. And they picked up their spears again this time, and they were about to fight a holy war, which would have been holy had it been necessary, but it wasn't. Bar Hashem, Pinchas, the Kanai, got up and said, before anybody gets two Kanais, why don't we just talk to them? That's important coming from a Kanai, because he had credentials. Somebody else said that, you say, you're just a pacifist who doesn't care about Avodah But it was Pinchas, so he had a lot of capital. And they talked to them, they said, Avodah Zarah! You're out of your mind, Avodazar. We're, we're very firm. It's just a monument. Monuments got dangerous then. We're still not that fond of them now, depending where they are. There's different schmooze. Uh, people, uh, Sassaniti, a whole uh, bust of people. We discussed that at night later. But it was a really serious Maris Ion, that's for sure. And they explained that, no, uh, we didn't mean it for that. And then everybody apologized, made Shalom, and went home you see that the slightest shash of an Avodah and the time of Yeshua, the whole army was there. So Pesach was not going on in the time of Yeshua. I think everybody agrees to that. Rashi and the Seydalim are just saying it started after Yeshua, before Esniel and Kanaz's ascendancy. So the Shaila, the Radak is quoted that he holds the other side of the story. He's just saying that he doesn't think that this side of the Seydalim Rashi is Muchuch. He just slugging up the rias. Can we say that it started but it didn't turn sour? That's going to be part of the discussion. That's why we always have introductions, teach Perik. There are many chazals I need a few weeks for that Micha might have been very old and Pesel Micha might have been very old. So started is exactly the ambiguous thing over here and that's part of the part of the machlekes. They go, or, or bad intentions but it was very underground. Right. It, it might have been just in his drawer that's exactly part of the Machlegas. That's why this, this is not that common. You have such a wide Machlegas we shine them here. But that's why there are many riots in each direction. So when we get to the Gemara Chalik, when they talk about uh, the background of Micha himself. So again, the Badak says, Amel Yisrael, Ish HaYosha Ben of Yasev, Loya Zebi Meya Shua, Ki Afila Amazbeh Shabana Ben Egod, V'Shev Ruven, Amrulala Salaim Latzava, they're about to fight a war. Koshakain, Pesel, Micha. His Pesamicha was really a Vodazar. Umashamar, next paragraph. Mashamar Kidvar Palegish Begiva Hayabiyamim Haheim, Bibnesha Amar Lonosel, Ianachri. Now, the second Raya, they said, we're not going into Yavus because that's a very Goyish area, and the Yavusim were dangerous people, and we're not going there. Yavus was a place they didn't conquer. And the Radak says, that's not really a Raya either. Again, Seydalim is saying that's a Raya. It was very early on. They hadn't conquered it yet. Because if it's the end of Shaitan, of course they conquered it. The Radak says, no, not necessarily. He says, half of it, let's say, or maybe most of it was conquered already early on. The time of Yeshua, how do we know it's a fair Shapusik? Shinemar. And it gives a list of all the kings. Kings were kings of city states. In that Pasuk, Melech Yushalayim Echad. That's pretty fairish. There was a Melech in the city of Yushalayim. It's not a different Yushalayim. And he was one of the Melochim listed that was conquered by Yeshua. 
Vaimer Vasi Yavusi Yeshri Yishalayim Layachlu Bene Yehuda Larishim. And then the other Pasik says, this neighborhood, this section, they couldn't conquer. And Bene Yehuda was in charge of conquering because it was mostly their cities. They set out to do it and they were strong fighters and they still couldn't conquer it. It wasn't Bashar that they should have it yet. And they stayed there and they didn't dislodge them. It's apparent from both these Psukim that they conquered part of Yushalayim already in the time of Yeshua. Levad Mitsudis Tzion Shalanich Basha Ad David. And that took a long, long time. Venira, Kilan is Yashra Yushalayim Yisrael. And he adds an interesting point. He says it sounds like even in the Jewish quarter, there weren't too many people living there because if you have your next door neighbors, the Yavusis, and they're still pretty angry and a warlike people and not a good influence. People didn't want to live there, so believe it or not, you could have gotten something really cheap had you bought at the right time. This is a good time to buy because it wasn't hot yet, because it was dangerous. That's what the Radak is answering, and he says that's not a steer. So they conquered part, but it still wasn't that Meyushuv. When they were going to Yavus in that area and they saw it up ahead and the sun was setting, they didn't have too many choices. And the approach they took, the direction they took coming to Yushalayim was from the area, they took the trail that led them or would have led them to Yavus. And that's why the fellow said, we're not going there, even if it's getting dark. And that was right in front of them. We're not going there. I'd rather walk in the dark. That's the version of I'd rather sit in the dark. Of course, they're going to go to a Yiddish city. That's the irony of what's going to happen by Pelagish Begivim in a few months. So we're not going to the Yavusis. In hindsight, it might have been better to go to the local Sheraton and the Yavusis, even though it wasn't that from, because they ended up going to give up. And I'm not going to tell you what happened there, but not going to be too good of all the cities, even though there were some good people there. We understand his reaction. Why should he go there? And even the other part of the line wasn't that settled. Then the Radak, last paragraph, So if you hold like the Seda Ilum and Rashi and those Mepharshim, that it was at the beginning. So this has to be addressed. What is it doing here? Why is it the end of Shaftim? We have two prokim left, more than two prokim, but two meisim, pesel micha palagish begiva. So if it was 300 years ago, what is it doing here? Even according to the Radak, that is not convinced at all that it happened at the beginning, still has to explain, okay, it happened toward the end, you could just answer chronologically. But there's a reason why it's put right next to Shimshin, and either pshat, but certainly the first pshat has to be explained. Why put it over here if it's completely out of order? So the Radak explains. As we pointed out, the number eleven hundred isn't a coincidence, and the Lila takes eleven hundred in her bribe to turn in Shimshin. And this eleven hundred that was stolen by Micha from his mother, and when he, she gets it back, she's gonna be makdishit. I wish I had a good English word for that. 
Makdish sounds to Halig. She's going to um, set it aside to make an Avodazar and what? Consecrate. Yeah, I think that's too sophisticated for this lady. We're not sure who this lady is. Uh, that's, I was going to use that. I'm aware of that word, but that's already too choshev. So she's going to be metamiyit, makalkalit, and use it for the, uh, the Avodazara. Uh, we don't know who this lady is. The one sheet uh, that's very dramatic, that Rashi, unusual for Rashi coming up, Rashi brings the sheet and slugs it up. Endowment. Uh, endowment, yeah. Endowment isn't a good word because endowment usually means that's going to be the Derry Derris, like Harvard, that has more money than they know what to do with for the next 10,000 years. And something left here, they're going to melt the whole thing down, pay the guy who's doing it $200. He's the, just the Lifnever fellow who's building it and worse. And there's going to be nothing left. So endowment wouldn't be, unless it's some money making ongoing, which maybe it was. It, this lady, uh, I don't know, she's not very sophisticated unless she's Dalila, in which case she's unfortunately cunning and very sophisticated. And Rashi says it's a sheet like that. He doesn't think it's true. He thinks there's a connection, as the doc's pointing out. So besides that shot, we don't really know who she is. She's the mother of Micha, who's famous and infamous. But that's the connection. Nismach gamke and elav devar pelegish begiva kibeavam pesa Micha negru kamalof miyisrael b'mechames midjim, mechames binyamin. And that's the connection between Pesel Micha and Pelegish Begiva. Lulezeh lo yemesim Yisrael, because the Kitschrug was, why are you defending the Bas of Adam before Kvayt Shemayim? Kibadini yunochamim in binyamin levar haram Yisrael. That's a very short version of Chazals we're going to see yet in a month or two, that they fought a war that was justified to wipe out the perpetrators of Pelegish Begiva. I'm assuming here people know what that is. If you're not familiar, we'll... Uh, We'll get to it, but everybody is familiar. And that war, in essence, was a correct move, but not right next to Pesamicha, where nobody did a thing for a long time. The Shail is how long? So that's a good shot why it's here, according to either set of Rishanim, but certainly according to Rashi. It happened 300 years ago. We're putting it here to show the connection with the 1100, 1100 misuse of money. Maybe some of the same characters, but Rashi won't agree with that. And let's go to the next Pasuk. If you recall this part we mentioned last week, somebody stole her 1,100 life savings. And uh, that somebody was Micha. That's how he knew about it. No heta for that. I use the analogy of cookies from a cookie jar or something like that. Or little sugar cubes which might be mutter if they put out for the kids, even though we don't want the kids eating too much of it. This is grand larceny. The fact that it's from his mother doesn't help one iota. It just got him into bigger trouble because the Pusik is going to go out of his way to point out that she was Makalil, that Ganav, every Ganav deserves it, but she was really angry. And he heard the Klalas, which is what got him so shaken up. He was I'm scared because it's one thing about hearing about a Klalas somebody made. He's hearing the Klalas... Yamavalila in the kitchen. So he was visibly moved enough to admit that he did it, as the Pasik says, Alis, you cursed Vagam Amart. You did it in front of me and I heard everything, but and it's ringing in my ears. So I decided to do tshuva because I don't want to be a recipient of this curse. That's better than nothing. The real reason to get back to money is because it's Ganeva and you have to do tshuva. The other reason is he doesn't want the klala hanging over his head. Okay. 
Kesaviti, the good news, Ma, is I have it. Ani lekachtiv. Vatayma ima baruch bani l'ashem. So she loves her son. She really loved him. She'd send him to yeshiva and not make avodazars in the house. But she thinks she loves him or doesn't understand what's good for his ruchnius. And she immediately, the first thing she thinks of, baruch on the money's back, but she wants to reverse the klala, but she doesn't want her son to get it, so she gives him a bracha. Whether it works or doesn't work, I'm not even going to get into because to say that Micha continued going off the derah because he was cursed is really shortchanging the whole Misa. He had Bechira and things are going wrong, not because of the Klala, things are going wrong because he had a taiva for money and he stole money. That's not a source of Siat Dishmaya. And you have a taiva for money. He had a taiva for Avodazar also. The Baal taiva, and it was unchecked. And he's getting himself into serious trouble and getting everybody else in Klai's in serious trouble. So it would be a very warped view of this thing is, yeah, curse is a very dangerous look at the mess he got into. No, he got into the mess because he stole the money. And also because he wasn't a mess, like the Chazals, that he was Micha from Mitzrayim, who had the Avodazar for a long time already. So it's already a problem the Klala didn't help, but that's not the main issue. His mother was so happy to have the money back. She was making all sorts of promises, uh, setting aside this money for the Avodah Foundation that she promised that if she ever gets it back, she is going to consecrate it. We'll use the word. Is this Chal? Even the Chumrah? Absolutely not. If you make, we have a lot of kulas here. If you make any Nadarim or Shulis, L'Shem Avarazar, it's not Chal. So she thought it was, and she's going to live up to it because she's an honest lady, unlike her son who stole the money. And she's going to do it. And she thinks, we don't know what she thinks, but she thinks that it's okay. I'm just going to be like Chet Egel, which was really L'Shem Shamayim, just we need an intermediary. Like all the Avdeh Avodazar who were Jewish thought. And many of them were Gayim thought. It's still Avodazar. And she says, I'm going to follow through. And all the money is going to this project. Dashti is a of L'Shem. L'Shem. Yeah, okay. We're going to get... No. So, Lasham in her mind, I'm just giving you the answer that all Jewish from, otherwise from, of Devar at the time, said is that, yeah, we're from, we have this Yetzirah, you know, Ashkenaz Sadel didn't shecht it yet, and it's, it's a really big Yetzirah, but we're, we're generally from, we go to Ashkenaz and then we uh, go into the room there and deal with the Yetzirah a little bit, uh, and you gotta, you know, spread your wealth and uh, check the boxes and, uh, you know, take a, a little bit of protection from other areas. It's all, that's Avodah But that's what they were thinking. And also, Chazal say, all the Hashems here are Elohim, not Elohim, except for one. And this is not the one. So, if you ask her, that's what, the Pasuk uses the word, because that's what she would answer. She would friend for that, but that's the problem. So, she's Makdish in one second. Uh, so she asks her son to get involved in the project. The good news is, short-lived, Micha doesn't want anything to do with this. He said, I'll give you back the money, Ma. I took the money. Here's the money. Don't tell me to make the Avodah or bring it to the guys and make the Avodah I don't want to be involved in this. We shouldn't be making Avodah That was his original stance. That's why it has her talking, no, I was mocked this shit, I got to do it. 
And interestingly enough, either he suggested or she suggested that the din of Baba Kama, that you have to be Makai Mahesh of Zikazela. So even though she originally would tell him, you go take care of it and make it a bazaar, he didn't want to get involved. So we're going to do something. This should not be missed in the Pusik. He said, okay, just give it back to me and then I'll send it to the artist and we'll, I'll get it done. But first give it back to me, Haitians and Kazela, as they consider themselves from, see in the Pusik, I'll get to you in a minute, Mendy. Time email, Hakdesh, Hikdashti, Esakesef, Lashem. If you look at Rashi in Gimel, he didn't give it back yet. He said, I will return it. So he says, I want to be Makayim Lashava, wherever it is. It's a Kenya. We're talking Kenyanim here, Baba Kama. It's you own the house. It's now yours. It's Kilo. I returned it. Hakdesh, Hikdashti, Esakesef. Miyadi Libani, Kibalti Alai, this is her talking. Kibalti Alai Lamasra, Miyadi Liadach, Liadcha, Lashem Pesel, Omasecha. I wanted to give it to you to make it, to be involved in the project. I want you to spearheaded. Apparently, he wasn't interested, which is the right answer. So she says, Taneli Ata, Miyadi Ani, Ashivenu Elecha, and first Makayim, he says, I'll give it back to you. And he said, No, I'm giving it to you, keep it. She kept wanting to involve him. So he said, first half, I mean, uh, take it. He learned Baba Kama already. So he was in Cheder. Okay, you give back to me. Hashav. He said, I'm not interested. The money is where it is. Just, I don't want to be involved in this, which is the right answer. We'll get to the second half of Rashi next time. I just want to uh, quickly read Dalin and Hay. Vayashav esakesef li'imoy. So Lamai said they agree you need actual hashava, which is true in Baba Kama terms, and hands her the money and says, I'm not involved anymore, I'm leaving for the day. And she gives it to a professional artisan. And it lands in the house, comes back, unfortunately, a beautiful display of whatever they made, and now it's sitting in the living room. Micha originally didn't want to have anything to do with this. He said, no, I'm not bringing it to any artist. I'm not doing it myself. I'm, I'm not involved. I have to make Chaim HaShavah. So first he said, it's there. It's a Kenya in your room. Okay, I'll hand it to you. Fine. We're finished. And now it's in base Micheo. What does Micheo do next? Problem is, absolutely nothing. And he's living in the house with the Geshka in the living room. You know what happens after that? First day you say, this is horrible. Second day you say, this is bad. Third day you say, it's not comfortable. What did he say on the fourth day? No, interesting looking fellow. And then the sixth day you say, you know what, maybe he does something. You say, it wouldn't happen to me. If you choose to be in a makam where this is operating, that's, they didn't really operate, but they, you're going to ultimately fall in, one second, and just pasik, hey, ve'ish micha base elohim, quick fast forward, but it wasn't so many years or months. He got used to it, and then the Yitzhar kicked in. He says, you know, maybe uh, we'll just bring it. i got to go to Minion now. When I get back, maybe just a few eggs and some oil. and Give it something. You never know. Why not? And then, all of a sudden, you turn around. He has a whole operation, a whole church. Ish, Michal, Beis, Elohim. Again, Elohim is Chol. Vayas, Eifod, Esrofen, Vayamaleas, Yad. And he starts training his son to Machanachim for the Avedazara. 
And Rashi tells us over here, Beis Elohim is Beis Avodah at Ischol, except for a Pasuk later that talks about Beis Elohim B'Shiloi. Doesn't comment on the Lashem before, which again, she meant Lashem, but clearly from the Pasuk, it doesn't mean the real Hashem. And from Pasuk Dal to Pasuk Hay, just by being in the house and being in the wrong Makkum, he's already drawn into starting a whole operation which will do untold damage Lederi Deris to Klai Yisrael. We have two questions pending, but we're running very late, so I'll take it after Shacharis and we'll uh, discuss it later, Mitzvah Shem. No, it's not until 10.30.